Official Nation, my name is Anthony Delgado, and my guest today is John McAfee. John McAfee is a world-famous tech CEO, computer scientist, and civil, civil disobedient activist and privacy advocate. He's a pioneer of the commercial antivirus industry um, and recent libertarian candidate for United States president, the infamous John McAfee. John, thank you for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Tony. So we're living in some crazy times. And so before we uh, get into anything else, I don't want to uh, jump over the times that we're living in. Uh, I feel like every conspiracy theory that I watched as a teenager <laughs> is coming to pass. So what is your, uh, what is your pulse on the uh, social, political, and, and economic times that we're going into? Good God almighty. Social, political, and economic times. I mean, that's, that's a very uh, broad question. Well, let's start with the coronavirus. Um, uh, I'm a mathematician. Uh, that was uh, my degrees in, in uh, undergraduate, graduate school. And um, I just go by numbers. Um, people are saying that the death rate is uh, uh, exponential. No, it's not. It is flat. I'm sorry, I've been watching the deaths every single day worldwide. Um, now, the U.S. had a zoom in deaths uh, two days after the CDC initi uh, um, initiated a new um, <laughs> counting method. Uh, they've never done this for any disease, any virus, any bacteria. Uh, their guidelines uh, starting 12 days ago um, were if there's a death, and the person tested positive for the virus, then we'll list the cause of death as the virus. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to get to the extreme of that, if I get hit by the bus, go to the hospital, and I'm hanging on for a week and I die, and they go, oh my God, he tested positive for the virus. It must have killed him. Seriously. Um, so keep in mind, the coronavirus kills um, 96% of all deaths are people over 70. At your age, uh, you, you look less than 50. Your chances of dying from this virus are one in 35 million if you're under 50 years old. One in 35 million. In other words, you have a better chance of getting hit by a meteor uh, going out to, to your car. Um, so I don't know why you kids are locked down. That makes no sense to me. Um, you're not going to, you get the virus, of course. It ain't going to harm you. Yeah, it may make you sick for a week, like the flu. You've been in bed with the flu. Do you lock yourself in because you're afraid of being in bed for a week? No, just go out and do your thing. Um, so after that, the, the deaths, which were minimal, skyrocketed. They're, they're now 38,000. Please, God. How can America be uh, the largest country in the world with deaths uh, from coronavirus? There are only two other countries that matter, Spain and Italy. The three account for 95% of all deaths. Spain counts deaths exactly like America. If you had the virus and you die, make the virus the cause. Italy as well. Um, so numbers say, well, there's something a little bit wrong with this. But even if the numbers are correct, uh, we have uh, worldwide less than 200,000 deaths. 
the flu in the same period of time has killed 600,000. Um, and pathogenic diarrhea has killed 1.5 million. We don't lock ourselves in from the flu. Do you understand? The press is going, oh, the numbers are horrific. They're staggering. Oh, they're staggering. They're minimal. Please use your, use your heads. So let's look at, because medical science doesn't measure the horrendous nature of disease by those numbers. It measures them in mortality per 100,000 population. Now, the mortality of the flu, 12 per 100,000 population. Mortality of coronavirus, two per 100,000 population. Africa is locked down. Do you know how many deaths they have had? 800. You know what the population is? 1.2 billion. 1.2 billion. Wow. Australia. Australia's in lockdown. Um, they have a population of 24 million. Do you know how many deaths they have had? 70. So I'm a math guy. I'm going, I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if you use these padded numbers in the CDC and Spain and Italy, it is a non-issue. People, this is a media-created panic. Now, if you don't like mathematics, then I can't help you. And maybe... I know that there's this thing called the new math. Well, that came around before I was in, or after I was in school. I'm not well versed on it. I mean, I understand in the new math, two plus two is not always uh, equal four. Uh, sometimes it can be 22. Uh, I don't know, but I'm not versed in this. I'm the old math, where two and two is always four. And if you divide a number by two, it splits it in half. Um, I'm afraid that's the only math that I know, folks, and that math does not commute, compute this panic. Um, you can look at it any way that you want. This is not a pandemic. This is not a crisis. The crisis was created by government's reaction to it. Now, this is a very unpopular. Um, uh, it's not even a point of view. I'm just, I'm giving you numbers, people. Just numbers. You make of those numbers what you want. Um, but to me, <laughs> now people go, oh, um, but it's spreading rapidly. Do you care? It's been around for five months and it's killed one quarter as many as the flu in that same period of time. Now, I don't care how fast it's spreading and neither should you. Let's look at the facts. It is, and by the way, Stanford, <laughs> thank God, released a study yesterday of stating that the mortality rate that we've been uh, relying on is absurdly high. It's really 0.14%. Do you know what the flu is? 0.1517%. Please God, no matter how you measure this, this is not a pandemic. But we're all locked in, we're all afraid, even though you, my friend, and anybody under 50 can't die. Well, you can't. There was a 16-year-old boy who died. There's maybe been 100 cases worldwide and a population of 7.8 billion. 100 cases of people under 50 dying. Well, please, <laughs> why do you concern yourselves with those numbers? Anyway, I could go on forever. 
Uh, that was, you asked me about uh, the state of affairs. Economically, well, we just- so Why do you think, why are governments locking everyone down? So, so I've seen those numbers too. Well, okay, because here's- Compared to the blue. Well, here's we have why. governments all around the world, Latin America too. Yes, um, yes, yes, of course. Why? Because the mainstream media is saying, this is a horror. The, the numbers are staggering. And then President Trump, you may notice, uh, President Trump said, listen, I don't think this is as bad as it seems. Then yeah. the news, the, the uh, mainstream media goes, oh, he's doing nothing. He's afraid of not being elected, reelected. So are every government leader, so is every government leader on the planet. Um, that if they don't respond, because the press has got everybody terrified, and Donald Trump's doing nothing. Uh, the Prime Minister of England's doing nothing. The no. media created panic. Yes. Media created, media generated, and media perpetuated. Let me ask you who the winners are out of this. Surely not the, the uh, travel community, not the airlines. They're going to go under almost all because they have to continue to pay leases on these freaking airplanes, whether they fly or not. Uh, the the uh, travel and recreation industry, dead. Um, the, what, the oil industry, they're in a panic. Nobody's burning fuel. And it hasn't for a month. Um, there is not a single industry on the planet that benefits from this, except one, the mainstream media. I mean, Netflix, good God, what a boon for these people. Why? Because you normally spend eight, nine, ten hours a day working or traveling to and from. Where are you on weekends? Out on the date, watching movies, having parties. No. Now, what are you doing? You're watching. 24 hours a day if you're awake that long. They, because what's the value of a given media output? Number of eyeballs times viewing time. Mm. So let's say you spent an hour weeks on something. Uh, now we've got double the eyeballs because everybody's home watching and triple the time. Good God, they are coming out smelling like a rose and they uh, are going to pocket hundreds of billions of dollars from this so now yeah more money, more, uh, more money for advertising more money for software services yes, everything YouTube, all these everything. companies everything and and listen my my parents uh, told me very early on that if you know there's a question about who's responsible for anything um find out who benefited the most that's your person mainstream media so then you said uh, let's say you ask about other than social, that was the economic. By the way, we have destroyed our economy, people, and I think it, as it, at this point, we've had the entire world locked down for a month. It is irreparable. Now, I don't know what governments are thinking or what sort of um, magical economics they're depending on to get us out of this. It's not going to work. You know, you can't just manufacture this dollars. This is worse than 2008. This is, um, this is going to be worse than 1929, my friend. Never in the history of the world has this happened when the entire world is locked down. Because think about it. We are an interconnected society. You take one thing away, we're going to collapse. Whatever that is, transportation, we're not going to have food. We're not going to have anything. Um, the production of food, we're going to starve. Um, the manufacturing of canning and thing of your food processing, take that out, we're going to starve. We're going to starve people one way or the other. Now, 
12 million people per year starve on this planet. It's going to be a billion if we do not stop this madness now. I'm telling you, nobody's producing our food. No one is processing it. No one is delivering it. Some countries go to the supermarkets, there's nothing there anymore. And you will see this in America soon. I have seen it where I am. And I wish I could tell you where I was. Uh, but the U.S. would come and grab me if I did. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I answered all three of your points. Definitely. So, so what can people do to prepare for this economy that's coming? <laughs> you better buy food and uh, food with a, um, a massively long shelf life you know raisins peanut butter rice flour and make sure you keep it in containers that don't go bad because you're not gonna be able to eat gold uh, you're not gonna be able to eat uh, stocks i'm just saying um and if you think it doesn't come to that look at what happened at the end of World War I, World War II, Germany, um, where at the beginning of the war, the mark was on parity with the dollar, one mark, one dollar. At the end of the war, a loaf of bread, literally, they were printing five billion mark notes. A loaf of bread costs 20 billion marks. If you think that cannot happen in America and the rest of the world, you're wrong. The gate was opened when the Fed said, well, we're gonna print couple of trillion dollars, don't worry about it. We're gonna be fine. We can print as much as we want. You remember that? That was four weeks ago. You don't remember that? The two trillion dollar bailout, where'd that money come from? The Fed's printed it. Yeah, so I, now, that makes our currency worth way less. Way less. That, that probably cut it by 25% right there, but that's just the beginning. That was the opening of the door as the flood rushes through and washes away all the barriers. The dollar's gonna be worth less than a penny in a year. I promise you people, I promise you, I'm 70 fucking four years old. I have lived through some shit. I was born at the end of World War II in bombed out England to an English mother, an American serviceman father from the first two years of my life, there were no eggs, there was no butter. No, no wonder I'm fucked up. <laughs> so, no, it's, John, a, it's not, laugh, it's not laughable, really. Who we put in their assets then? If, if, the dollar is gonna, if the dollar is gonna keep getting diluted, where should people be putting their money? Bitcoin, uh, is, there, is there certain questions? Um, Listen, I, a lot of people I, are know, asking I, those I questions. Don't, I, don't have, I don't have a crystal ball. In the short term, Gold uh, is certainly going to rise. Um, if you want to put your money somewhere short, the stock market. Now, in the next few weeks, you may lose money. In the next few months, you will definitely gain money. Um, but the money you gain is going to be worthless again. Um, crypto, unfortunately, it has not reached critical mass. And the general public is not involved in crypto, I'm afraid, will not save you. I'm being honest when I say buy food and just see what happens. Food and, and for those of you for those of you who are for those of you who are into weapons, buy guns as many as you can, because they, I promise you, will be worth their weight in diamonds if you truly want an investment. My 10,000 
good luck, seven teams, and a million rounds of ammunition. You will be the ruler of the world, not because you got the guns, because you have the money or whatever passes for money two years from now. Guns and food are the only things in a catastrophe that have value. The only things. Even prostitution disappears when people are starving. Wow, that's deep. Just saying. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm being, you might call me cynical, or you might call me negative. I'm just telling you that as I see. And I have seen things you would not believe. And this, I promise you, that is going to destroy the world. Even yeah, well, if we... Everyone on social media keeps comparing this to 2008. I'm like, this has nothing to do with... <laughs> no, this is 1929 times 10. All right. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. Um, so I know you can't tell us where you are in, in the world. Uh, what, what type of ramifications are you scared of? You feel like the government wants to silence you? Oh, wait a minute. So you don't know my story. Okay. So no. Um, I, I haven't paid taxes for 10 years, and I never will again. Uh, not in America, because it's unconstitutional and illegal. We don't need them. America, prior to 1913, had no taxes, and we were the most powerful country in terms of producing goods on the earth. And we didn't have taxes, for fuck's sake. Do you understand? We don't need taxes to survive. It's just easier and simpler for governments to steal money from the people. So I didn't have paid for 10 years. The government has left me alone. I mean, I've paid over $50 million in taxes in my life. I have not received $50 million worth of services from the government. Anyway, so I stopped uh, 10 years ago. They never bothered me. They knew it would be fruitless because <laughs> they couldn't get my assets. I'm too clever for that. Uh, and also very troublesome because I'm loudmouthed, noisy, and I get press. So they left me alone. Two years ago, I started uh, speaking internationally about, you don't want to pay taxes? Good. I'll show you how. Privacy coins and distributed exchanges. Well, uh, that brought first the wrath of the SEC. I was uh, working at the time. I was the CEO of MGT, a public company on the New York Stock Exchange at a market cap of 800 million, nothing big, um, but you know, had a bunch of stockholders. Um, so after I, did, after I did that the second time, I, I spoke in London and that was published. And I spoke, uh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, in China, Beijing. Uh, I keynoted the Chinese National Security Conference. God, that was huge, 6,000 people. But anyway, um, after that, the SEC, uh, since I returned to the States, filed a subpoena uh, against the company. Now, if you know anything about the SEC, if you have a subpoena, you are legally bound to declare it, to make it to public, make it public. But you cannot say what it's about. The subpoena was about an ex-stockholder five years ago. The subpoena said, Give us all the information you have about this man, the next stockholder. Um, but we couldn't say what it was about. We had to say we got subpoenaed. The following day, we were delisted from the New York Stock Exchange, which is what's it, what, that's what it does. Uh, when you're subpoenaed by the SEC, uh, our stock went from uh, an $800 million market cap to a 
million dollar market cap in two days. Um, that was the first round. Uh, a year later, um, the IRS uh, convened a grand jury to charge Janice and myself, my wife and I, uh, with tax fraud. Now, we found out about it. The grand juries are supposedly very, very secret, but I am John McAfee, and it's difficult uh, to keep a secret from me if you send an email or have any electronic information at all involved. I will see it if I want. Anyway, I found out about it five days in advance. Uh, Janice and I packed our bags, took our staff, went to Miami, took our yacht, and our four dogs, our yacht, four dogs, and 10 staff, um, over to the Bahamas, um, which has no income tax, and therefore I couldn't be extradited for not paying it. Um, because to be extradited, the crime has to be a crime in the country that you're trying to extradite somebody from. However, I knew they'd still come for me illegally, which they did. They, um, they bribed, I don't know who, CIA, somebody, uh, bribed uh, Paul Roll, the commissioner of police, to arrest Janice and I um, on any charge at all. Because once we're in jail as foreigners, we're undesirables and we can be deported anywhere, including back to the States. I found out about that. We got out six hours uh, before the SWAT team arrived to collect us. Um, went to Cuba. We were there for two months, and the Cuban government came, collected Janice and I, uh, went to an army base. Some general comes in and says, uh, Mr. McAfee, we regret um, the United States, uh, your country, has unofficially, because there's no official way to do it in Cuba, um, has unofficially requested that we return you to the States. Um, we said no. However, you are now a serious problem for us. Uh, we're giving you 72 hours to leave the country and never come back, okay? We left the country, sailed four and a half days at sea to the Dominican Republic. We told no one where we were going. We pulled into port. Um, and um, what was the name of that port? Anyway, the, the north side of uh, the Dominican Republic. When we got there, we were surrounded by soldiers before we could even get off the boat, arrested. And they said, um, I'm sorry, but we're shipping you back to America and confiscating your boat, which they did anyway. So um, <clears throat> fortunately, I, you know, I prepare for everything. So I had lawyers on, on hand. Mm -hmm. They filed a brief with the Dominican Republic court saying, I want to have my day in court. See, they didn't, they never even let us talk to immigration or customs um, and charged us with failure to declare our weapons to customs. But we had videos everywhere because we were in a public place. I was meeting um, business associates, so at least 30 people videoed this entire thing. So if we had gone to court, that would have been a massive fucking embarrassment, right? <laughs> Uh, so clearly this was again set up by, anyway, they won. Um, and as soon as the court said, yes, we'll hear his case, they changed it. Mr. McPhee, where do you want to go? We'll ship you anywhere. I said, uh, England. We went from a Dominican jail, which was horrendous. We'd been there for four days. Uh, I've been in jails everywhere. Do not, if you want a jail experience, don't, uh, don't choose the Dominican Republic, unless you're highly experienced. Anyway. Um, so they said, where do you want to go? I said, England. 
And then on the way to England, I said, Janice, maybe we just cannot keep running. See, we'd, what we'd been doing, we'd been, went to the Bahamas, we were on the beach playing, videoing, uh, putting it up on Twitter and Facebook, going like this to America. When we got to Cuba, same thing. We were going to do the same thing, we, but no, they caught us. <laughs> they got there first. Clearly, the CIA got to the Dominican Republic force. So you know, on the way to England, I said, baby, we just can't run for it. Uh, we have to go underground, which we did. And that was on July 23rd of last year. And since then, not even our family, our closest friends know where we are. And we can't have telephones anymore because they will locate us within 30 seconds if we have a, if we have a phone. Uh, you know, I promise you, people don't understand this. You are watched by our government constantly if you have a phone. We can't ever have a phone again. Now, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I know how to hide my, um, my location even on an insecure uh, platform like Zoom. Because my location, listen, there's no way to hide what you're saying, what you're transmitting, who you're talking to. That can't be hidden anymore. It's not possible. I don't care if you're using um, Signal. I don't care how big the encryption is. It doesn't matter. We're watching. But you can still hide your location, providing you're willing to throw away your phone and take some very serious security precautions. So they have not found this yet, and I don't think they will. We're very cautious. Um, I communicate from a Faraday cage. This is a Faraday cage. Uh, soundproofed, as you can see. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're doing fine. That was seven, eight months ago. Well, eight months ago. And that's why we're uh, running. That's why we're in hiding. Wow, that's that's an that's an incredible story. Yeah, we're living in a crazy world where you know these these things they used to track you. They know everything about you. It's they like listen to you the and they they listen to you and they watch you. Listen, uh, if you've ever been on any questionable site like Pornhub, you're being watched now because they listen. Uh, all you have to do is just go to there without clicking anything, just type pornhub.com. They have immediately set your download unauthorized application flag. The first click, download spyware. How do you think they make their money? <laughs> Please, how do you think they make their money? Do you pay when you go onto Pornhub? I mean, you've probably never been on Pornhub, you're too young. But others have, I've heard two or three people have. Now, let's be honest, it is the largest visited site on the internet by two orders of magnitude, people. So now, those who've been there, you're being watched. And not just Pornhub, thousands of sites. So no, how do they do it? Because your phones are designed for this, please. They're designed so that marketers can watch what you're doing, read your emails and so on. Not so that they're gonna steal from you. No, they wanna sell you something. How many sell you something unless they know what you're saying, who your friends are, what type of clothes you like, and so on. So no, that's why they're able to do this. Phones are designed to spy on you. End yeah, story. all done in the name of convenience, in the name of marketing. Name of convenience, marketing, um, and uh, ease of uh, access. So. Yeah, my iPhone knows when I get in the car. It knows when I get home. It can send a reminder. Hey, when you get home, do this. As soon as you get here, do that. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But now if the government wants to use that against you, 
the data is there. Now the cat is out of the bag. Yes, and, you're being and you can't afford it. You cannot afford it. You have no privacy anymore. The only thing you can ever hope to hide is your location. If you communicate electronically, they're listening. They're listening to you and I now. I promise you to try to get clues. Where is that motherfucker? I'm not going to find it. So our mutual friend is Brock Pierce, and uh, you mentioned not wanting to pay taxes. Brock lives here in Puerto Rico where there are some interesting tax benefits. Have you ever considered moving to Puerto Rico to take advantage of those tax benefits? It's a, it's, it's a U.S. protectorate. <laughs> I'd be arrested as soon as I got off the plane. No, I can't. Mm. Listen, then they would know where I was. We can't ever let anybody know where we are. Unfortunately, I made a fork, like a hard fork, in our lives. Um, in uh, in January, when we decided, you want you want to get a lawyer and fight this, and now because I'm gonna rot in prison for ten years before they let me get into court, and I won't be able to say a word. Or, do you want to take the yacht and just go? And without hesitation, Jana said, "We go," and that was the hard fork. What what is you're a libertarian, right? Self-proclaimed libertarian. No, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm, I'm a Maccafean. The Libertarian <laughs> Party is is a convenient platform um, mm. uh, upon which to base a presidential campaign. And there's nothing in their platform that disagrees with me. Not because their platform is simple. Only only four things in the platform. So <sighs> I think the harm no one. Harm no one. Keep your word, um, do not lie, and uh, what's the other thing? Harm no one, keep your word, um, do not interfere with others' abilities to live their own lives. And that's it, fundamentally. So I think the two-party system is probably what most people that are going to be listening to this are familiar with, Democrat and Republican. And it's kind of this duopoly where it's the lesser two evils and it's kind of the same team with two different colors. What, what does liberty mean to you? And do you think we need a disruption in, in our political system? Let me answer the second part first. We don't need disruption. We need destruction. There's a difference, right? Disruption is one thing. Destruction is an entirely different affair. Um, but freedom is a simple thing. Freedom is the understanding and willingness to live the fact that you and only you own your body and your mind. And that what you choose to do with each is your business and no one else is provided you do not interfere with another's ability to do the same, that you harm no one. That's it. Uh, that's what freedom is. The, now, governments don't buy that at all. Clearly, uh, the government thinks your body belongs to them because it's saying, you take your body and you lock it up for as long as I tell you to. That's what it just did. It used to be and still does, okay? You think you own your mind? No, you don't. The government owns that as well. Uh, it manifests in different manners throughout history. Uh, in the 30s, it manifested by banning books like uh, Charles Darwin's Origin of Species. Um, today, it's way more insidious. It is the putting into your mind. 
not saying you can't put in your mind, but putting into your mind instead that which the government wants to put in. Right now, here's a prime fucking example. Putting into your mind, oh my God, this is a dangerous thing. I'm, uh, I'm scared. I want to go into my home and you know, I'm afraid to go out. They put that in your head. You didn't. If you knew through, if you remember third grade arithmetic, meaning multiply, divide, subtract, and add, then you could figure this out yourself. But no, we don't bother to do that. It has put into your mind. These numbers are horrific, staggering. No, they're meaninglessly small. Um, but no. So do you understand how this works? They own your mind, too, because you have allowed them to place fear into your heart and mind. And when you are fearful, what do you do? You look for a safe haven. And what does the government do? We have a safe haven. Unfortunately, it's uncomfortable. The only safe haven is go home, stay there until we tell you to come out. Do you see how they own your mind instead of you because you have let them do so? Stop, people. Stop. Else we are doomed as a species. We will end up um, like, um, what was that book? The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, where the only two, two divisions of humanity, the Morlocks, who ate uh, the Eloi, the mild, sweet people. That's where we're headed if you don't stop this madness and take your fucking lives into your own hands. Sorry, I didn't mean to be intense, but... <laughs> no, thank you. So even me, I'm super skeptical of the government I know the stats. I know that it's not that um, serious compared to the flu and shit like that. I go out to get groceries and I'm like shaking with fear the first couple of times that I left to go out and get groceries. I see these lines. I see cops with AK-47s in front of the uh, grocery stores. <laughs> and it, I know the truth and even me knowing the truth from watching the news, it's, it's having an effect on me and I can physically feel the fear. And I feel like the fear is probably even worse than the virus. The virus is, the virus is, listen, you want to fear something, fear the flu. Four times deadlier, massively more um, invasive, and it's here every year, twice, and so will the coronavirus. How, how will you continue this? There's another thing. Let's assume you're right. It's horrific. It's seasonal. You're going to go back into your homes in September and come out again next May? No, the world can't survive that. You know this. It can't even survive the month that we've already locked down. No, there's nothing to fear. There is, well, there is, getting hit by a car, the flu. Diarrhea kills 2.5 million people a year. That's uh, <laughs> 50 times as many as the COVID virus. And yet, you fear the COVID virus? You know, you should fear going into a bathroom and touching the sink if you want to fear something, for fuck's sake. No people wake up. There's nothing to fear except your own fear which is planted by the media and the governments. This is all you have to fear. There is no other thing because everything else is just what it is. It's nature. And you're born, you're gonna grow up, you'll die. This is what happens. 60 million people every year pass on. I'm 74. I'm very close to that exit door. Am I concerned? Fuck no. I'm happier now than I've ever been, except I'm not happy about the world. 
getting fucked over by people in power. Yeah, that's my biggest fear too. I, I don't fear the virus. I, I told my girl I'll drink coronavirus right now, um, but I am scared about the economy. I'm scared for all the small businesses that are going to get hit. The big businesses are fine. It's the small businesses that are going to get that are going to get left behind. No, well, big businesses are not fine. For God's sake, look at airlines. They've been locked down themselves. They don't fly anymore, and yet they have got to pay the leases on those fucking airplanes which is tens of billions of dollars a day. And they're all shut down. Do you think big businesses are not going to hurt? Good God, airlines are going to fail. Travel industry is going to, do you understand, 10%. Are they getting bailouts? I thought they were getting all these government bailouts. Like free <laughs> the bailouts is money being printed by the fucking Fed. You can't bail out anybody unless you have true assets. They don't. They have no assets. All they got is debt, and they're building more dollars. How can you possibly? There's not enough money in the world to bail out all the industries that are going to collapse. Oil? There's nobody driving cars. What the fuck is going to happen? Oil companies, gas stations are all going to go under. Um, no, big businesses are all going to be destroyed. Please, people, wake up. This is. This is very simple economics. You can't just print money without somebody creating products or services. How the fuck are we creating products or services locked in our homes? No people. I mean, you've got to you've got to see the truth. I'm sorry. It's unpleasant. It's unpleasant to say, wait a minute, I was fooled. Yes, you were fooled. This is why you cannot buy the truth, even though it's just math. Run the fucking numbers, people, and you see you were fooled. But no, you're going to run them and say, well, but there got to be another reason. Oh, there's this. It might have done this if we hadn't locked down. Well, then, thank God Sweden and Belarus did not lock down. They're doing just fine. You're, oh, a thousand people died in Sweden. Ugh, it breaks my fucking heart. There's 10 million people in Sweden. Right? Run the fucking numbers, folks. <laughs> you want to lock down a country? For a thousand deaths, a thousand fucking deaths, two thousand died from the flu. Same thing in the states. Twice as many have died from the fucking flu. You can't just accept. It's less what? than zero point one percent. It's like again, math. No, it's it's, it's zero point one four. That that's what the Stanford that's what the Stanford study found. I think it's less than that because they were using. Santa Clara County in California. Virus didn't get there till late. Um, in play, I think it's it's probably less than half of that. And based, I'm basing my numbers on England. It's the only country, thank God, that tested a specific number of people, 181,000, and got a specific number of infections, 27,000. That's goddamn horrific. That's 18 percent of the entire population, which means 18% uh, of people, 2 billion people on this fucking planet are infected or have been. Great. Do you know what that means? It's a non-issue. Well, you know, uh, over a billion people infected and less than a quarter of a million die? Jesus, God, let's run the numbers, please. <laughs> it's a non-issue. It doesn't, yeah, but see, the, here's the thing. 
the mainstream media is counting on your laziness not to run the numbers yourself. Instead, they give, oh, 100,000 people died. Horror, staggering. Well, compared to what? Not compared to the flu? Certainly not compared to diarrhea. Let's not even talk about starvation, which is 12 million a year. 12 fucking million a year. That's 1.2 million people every month dying of the flu. I mean, dying of, of starvation. And do we worry about that? Sometimes uh, there's starving people that send them a little bit of food, maybe. No. The, the, the mainstream media is counting on your ability to not think, to allow others to think for you. God damn it, children, stop it. You have a fucking head. Please, please, God, use it. Do not let the government, the media, the authorities think for you. That's the horror of this. It's not the virus, it's not even the economic collapse. The horror for me is you people, my fucking children, I am 74, grandchildren. I have great grandchildren. I, I am shocked at what you all have become. You have become sheep. You have become lazy. You have forgotten that you have an organ designed to choose, to intelligently judge, to rationally, objectively analyze your reality. If you had done so, we wouldn't be in this mess now. If you had all gone, wait a minute, I am not being fooled like this, fuck you and all of us gotten into the streets with signs that were stopped. Mm -hmm. But no, you all get afraid, because they say, be afraid, be very afraid. Children, my God, what will the world become if this continues? If this, this attitude of acceptance, this, this belief that the government truly has your interest in heart, <laughs> Have you looked at your government recently? It has its interest in heart. This is all I can see. The, the corruption and, and power-hungry, grabbing, clutching, greedy people controlling this country and every country in this world. And if you think these people have your interests at heart, <laughs> We're hopeless. We're fucking hopeless. Anyway, I'm sorry. I wander off on these rants. I'm an old man. I oh, am to do those things. Very insightful. <laughs> and it's true. That they, the school system, they don't teach you how to think. They don't teach you to question authority. They reward no. this type of behavior. Yes. And that's yes. Why, uh, a lot of times the best thinkers, it's like the guys that dropped out of high school, they got kicked out of college because they were, they were the rebels, they were the disruptors, they were the people that didn't go uh, and follow the norm. Yes. Listen, I, I have time for a couple more questions. I've, I've got another um, podcast that's happening momentarily. Sure. Um, um, so we have one question about 5G. There was recently a 
an interview with David Icke and London Real that went extremely viral and then was pulled by YouTube, Dropbox, Vimeo, and all major platforms of social media where they accused 5G of causing coronavirus-like symptoms. Um, do you have any comment, any thought on 5G? No. No, I, I've, listen, I, I, I don't know the truth of, of all things, in fact. I know the truth of very few things, and those few things were all inside of me. Everything else in my world is a speculation, unless it's mathematics. Okay? I, I can't apply mathematics to this problem of 5G. However, I do know this for a fact. It has not been properly tested on human subjects, or even animal subjects, no one. Um, we do know the following. It's, it's based on microwave radiation of a very powerful frequency, similar to a microwave oven. Um, and if you don't believe microwave ovens are harmful, uh, open the door, stick your head in it, and uh, turn it on. Um, it will kill you in four seconds. So, um, yes, microwave radiation and the towers are everywhere. and sparsely spaced. In other words, they're very close together. So um, I would like to see at least some medical research. I mean, I, I know that medical doctors in Canada, uh, other countries have, have all joined forces to say, please, let, let's stop the implementation until we can get some data. I, I don't know. I just don't. Maybe it's fine. Maybe the amount of radiation is, is, is okay. I certainly know it's of a frequency of a very, very detrimental nature. But beyond that, and, and coronavirus, I promise you, no, that would defy uh, every sense of logic that, that I adhere to. Um, I mean, the coronavirus, according to all medical professionals, is in fact a virus. Um, and uh, there are antibodies in those who've had it, which are antibodies to the virus. They have isolated it, uh, looked at it under electron microscopes. No, it is a biological affair. 5G, maybe 5G does cause symptoms like it, um, but the people who have died, uh, tested positive to the coronavirus, uh, that had nothing to do with 5G. Yeah, I mean, that's a scary thought to think of, um, you know, microwave ovens with the door open and putting those on every street corner. Yes, it doesn't sound yes. like it. That's what, that's what you're doing. That's what, that's what they're doing. And if you've ever put anything in a microwave oven, um, I, I've heard of young kids putting gerbils and mice in, and they explode. Uh, but before they explode, they, they die from the radiation. So um, there you have it. Thank you. Um, someone's asking uh, about cryptocurrencies that might skyrocket in these types of times. Are there any cryptocurrencies that you would recommend uh, in these times? Yeah, I, I think for now, the only cryptocurrencies that have true value uh, are privacy coins like Monero. Uh, and then the distributed exchanges like the McAfee Dex, if I may to my own horn, but, but it is true, forget it. If, if another true distributed and decentralized DEX comes along, I'll say the same thing about them. 
Um, but if you combine uh, the privacy coins with decentralized exchanges, then number one, you have at least freed yourself, freed yourself entirely from financial control. And if you think that you know, actually controlled by fiat currency, um, without the U.S. dollar, if you're in America, without the U.S. dollar, you have none. You you can't send your kids to school, can't pay the rent, can't buy food, can't get medical care, can't do anything. Meaning, that is the prime importance of of your future existence. And who controls it? You? No, the Fed. Uh, what did they just do? They just issued two trillion more. Which yeah, made the money. The U.S. government doing a, a U.S. cryptocurrency, and they were trying to put that in one yeah, of the. Who cares? Don't mess with that stuff. It's definitely not a privacy coin. What it is is just another move to control you, where every penny that you make, as soon as you make it, is now registered, recorded, and every expenditure you make is also going to be recorded. Is that what you want? I don't think so. So I don't care what they do. We still have the people's currencies. ETH, Ethereum, and Monero, and, um, uh, and oh, the other thing, um, the stable coins. Now, they're nothing, listen, I'm telling people what the real value of crypto is. The real value is not uh, investment, good God. That's a perversion of its intent. You have a key here with cryptocurrency to free yourself from your prison of slavery. And if you think, don't think you're a slave, evaluate your life. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute. But the, the, uh, you have a key to free yourself, unlock your cage, go out and have a currency which nobody controls. Nobody. And a currency which no one can ever know anything about your private dealings in that currency. Um, and using that key to scratch your ass with it, by investing, oh, I'm going to make some money. Well, that's a perversion, people. And you may, you may not. Um, but if, if you're asking me investment advice, I'd say, people, fuck off if that's what you want. But if you want some true advice, get into crypto big time. Privacy coins, uh, stable coins, because with the stable coins, we have true stable coins. Now, you no longer have to get out of crypto into the dollar or the yen or the euro uh, when things get shaky. Oh, yeah, I think the market may go south. It convert everything to DAI, which never has varied more than 1% from the US dollar. You don't like the US dollar? Pick something else. Gold doesn't matter. Um, stable coins, privacy coins in conjunction with distributed exchanges will free you forever. Why distributed exchanges? There's no KYC, there's no AML. In other words, uh, in our exchange, we don't ask who you are, we have no documentation, no email address, we don't keep your IP address. Just come in, do your business and get out. Totally anonymous, totally anonymous. Now, uh, the SEC says, well, uh, you're just inviting criminal activity, of course. Every technology invites criminal activity. I mean, the telephone, who picked it up first? Large scale, the mob. Um, automobiles, when the V8 engines came out, uh, the cops are always three or four years behind. Um, criminals bought the V8s, robbed banks, and laughed at the cops as they ran out of town. 
bank robbery increased tenfold in the 30s because of the car. Now, does that mean uh, get rid of cars? No. It just means that whatever technology you have, if it's good, criminals are going to pick it up first. They always do. What do you expect people? To get rid of crime? <laughs> Please, God. Before you can do that, you've got to get rid of things like greed, fear, envy, um, and all of these things. Jealousy. If you can't get rid of that, you cannot get rid of criminal activity. So live with it. Um, I'm sorry, I got off track. But yes, privacy coins, stable coins, and distributed exchanges. You want to get into crypto, stay with those. Everything else is shaky as hell. We have another question from the audience. So there has been speculation that uh, Bill Gates and a group of other uh, high net worth people did an event called uh, the Event 201. They emulated, they did a simulation of this pandemic uh, a few months before it happening. Uh, and now Bill Gates has patented the cure or the vaccine and that he's somehow involved in all this coronavirus stuff. Do you know of any validity attached to that? Here, that's an, I'm not the person to ask you. I've only met Bill one time. God damn, it was 25 years ago. Um, so I don't know anything about the man. The only thing I know is what's on the mainstream media. And if you think that anything on the mainstream media is true, then I am truly, I'm just going to shoot myself or hang myself that you children are so stupid. All right. So I don't know. Ask somebody who knows him, his wife, maybe. Ask his wife uh, if he has any friends. I doubt it. He's not someone I want to be friends with. Uh, his friends, uh, somebody. But why ask me? I, I've met him one time. How in the fuck would I know what he's doing? And whatever he says publicly, Jesus God, you know you can't believe that shit. I mean, he founded one of the world's largest corporations based on what? Secrecy. When you're when you're building a product, you go out and tell your uh, um, your competitors, "Oh, my competitors here! I've got this new thing I'm working on." No, you keep it top secret, and when you do speak of it, it's in hazy, vague terms or total disinformation. Like if you're working on um, a distributed operating system, and someone publicly says, "What do you think about distributed operating systems?" I think they're trash, total garbage. You have to. So if you're, if you're believing what he says on the mainstream media or what the mainstream media says about him, then good God, move out of your mother's basement and see the fucking world. But don't ask me. I don't know anything about it. I, all, everything I know about Bill comes from the mainstream media or what I have seen him say. on. So it's all garbage. How do I know? Yeah, no. Definitely. Ask his wife. That's that's a, that's a person to ask. All right. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, yeah. So I think I think a lot of the stuff with with Bill Gates is because he looks like he's going to benefit. So he's saying, "Hey, I want to help people," but everyone doesn't believe him because financially he may seem to benefit from this pandemic. Um, I don't want to harp on that too much. Uh, I know we're running low on time. Uh, I will. So I will say this. Let me tell you how I operate my life. Okay, I'm, I'm in a world where. If, if I'm found, I'm fucked, right? Um, so everything about my location is all disinformation, including uh, all of my electronic communications, right? So if someone were to read my communications, if they were to hack into my server or my 
private communications, you'd find a world which is not the world I'm living in. Do you understand? <laughs> which is what bothers me about modern day hackers. Oh, uh, I hacked into the DNC server. Well, fuck me. You got no information at all then. I mean, they're not stupid people. You don't put real shit electronically anywhere. I mean, please God, that's how naive this world is. Every day people say, ah, I've got all the information on Trump. Oh, I've got all the, no, you fucking don't. Not unless you've been living under his bed. Yeah, they And even then, the you've only got the information he discloses while he's with his wife. So fuck me, people get real. You're not living in the real world if you think you can find truth. I'm sorry. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to get off on that right. No, now let's no, ask a couple of well, let's, let's get a, a couple of other questions if you can if you can pass it. You know. So if you were 18, you had no money, no resources, you're starting from scratch and you're born in the year 2020, but you know what you know now, you give yourself a piece of advice. Uh, what would you tell your younger version of yourself? My younger version, listen, I, I tell my younger version to do exactly the same thing because I'm very happy. Exactly. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. I'm terrified that if I had changed one thing, like put on my left shoe first one day instead of my right, that would fuck everything up and I wouldn't be here. So no, I wouldn't change anything. But if you want me to give advice to a 20-year-old today, fuck yes, I can do that. Number one, if you want to start a business, do not start with a plan. Do not start with an idea. None of those ever succeed. None of them ever succeed. Uh, in my case, it was an accident. I was sitting at home and my brother-in-law was reading the San Jose Mercury News. Good God, there's a thing called computer viruses. They go, what? What the fuck's that? All right. From that, McAfee computer virus was born. Bill Gates, you think he planned Microsoft? Fuck no. He was a kid with a, with a friend in Seattle, Washington, playing around, had an operating system called MS-DOS, a digital research down in Santa Monica, had a thing called DDoS. Called DDoS. Um, and they were both operating systems for the Intel 8080 processor. Uh, that's when IBM came out with a personal computer. They went to the uh, Digital Research Corporation in Santa Monica first. Why they were bigger? They had a staff of 20 people, a real company. Said, here, sign this contract and we'll, and we will have absolute right to every, uh, for the operating system, for every machine that we produce. And here's the kicker we're making open architecture. There'll be thousands of companies duplicating this machine. And digital research says, well, I gotta have my lawyers look at this. IBM said, well, thank you very much. They flew that same day to Seattle, sat down with Bill Gates. He was smart enough to say, well, fuck me. I have never dreamed that this could be a real business. Signed it, and that began Microsoft. Every sitting, listen, I know all these people, no one personal, every, nobody had a, had a plan. Nobody had uh, an idea. If you do and think you can make money, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Try it. And if you tried it 20 times and it has not succeeded, you'll then come back to, what do you do? You have the balls to take every opportunity that comes by your nose. And when I say the balls, because these are, if, an, if an opportunity 
is real, meaning it might actually make you a, a billion dollars or succeed in whatever way you think success is, then I promise you an opportunity is gonna carry the greatest risks. You might lose your job, your wife, your family, your car, your house. Do you have the balls to follow me? I did, Bill Gates did, Larry Ellison did. If you do not, stay where you are, all right? Open a, open a donut shop, that's easy. Don't have to have an idea. There are thousands in the world. Copy one and do it. But that's the only key to success, courage. And the ability to recognize opportunity when it comes by your nose. And that's it, I gotta go now, I'm sorry folks. All right. John, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, one last question. What does disrupt mean to you? Well, I think there's a fine line between disrupt and destruct. <laughs> um, all disruptive technologies destroy some other technology, a precursor technology, a previous technology, the technology that you replace. Um, some technologies are destructive. I would say the technology of covert surveillance, massively destructive and disruptive as well. Um, the key is to recognize virtues or evaluate um, that thin line between disruptive and destructive. Disruptive wakes people up in some respect. What I'm saying right now is disruptive and what I have been saying for the past 45 minutes is disruptive. Because most of you out there going, that can't be right, I can't, they couldn't fool me about coronavirus, yes they did. That's disruptive. Um, to lie to you about what I see, that is destructive. Um, that's all I can say. I do after all. I'm so sorry. Thank you, John. I really appreciate you coming on the show, my friend. All right. Stay safe. And that was John McAfee, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for John McAfee. It's freaking incredible. That guy's a legend. If you don't know, now you know. You got to Google him. Um, someone had asked in the chat, is this going to be uh, recorded? Yes, it is recorded. It is on YouTube and it will also be on our podcast, uh, which is the Disrupt Podcast on iTunes. Everybody can do me a favor uh, while, we're, while we're live, while we're streaming this, take pictures on Instagram and tag me at Disrupt CEO. I'm going to be interviewing them. I'm going to be really like intense and into it, uh, but I'll repost any of your pictures. So uh, take a picture, put it on Instagram. Uh, if Twitter's your thing, put it there. Uh, and I'll retweet or repost uh, the stories or the tweets uh, that you guys post. Just tag me at Disrupt CEO on both of those platforms. Um, and yeah, I want to thank again, John McAfee for coming on. Uh, we'll, link, we'll leave links to his social media uh, down below so people can follow him. Really influential dude, very disruptive. It's like the definition of disruption. When you look it up in the dictionary, you see him. And uh, I'm really, really uh, grateful that we were able to get him on the show. Also really, really grateful to uh, Brock Pierce. Uh, thank you, Brock, for uh, we had 
John McAfee scheduled, uh, but then we were going back and forth with his assistant and uh, I was speaking to Brock uh, this morning and he's like, oh, I'll just text him. So, <laughs> so he, he made sure to, uh, to get McAfee on, um, on the call as, as we learned from all his political and, um, and, and uh, personal uh, issues, he is a hard guy to get a hold of. So I'm very, very grateful that we were able to get a hold of him. All right, we're going to take a short break for about five minutes, uh, give everybody a chance to uh, get some water, get something to drink, use the restroom, and then we are going to be back with Brock Pierce. So stay tuned. <laughs> 